My name is Bruce Henderson, and this week is my 50th anniversary in full-time ministry. I started uh, actually preaching when I was 14, but wasn't full-time for a number of years uh, after that. We spent uh, five and a half years in New England, and uh, then uh, moved to Nevada. And it was interesting, My, uh, I have uh, two daughters that are in their, in their 40s. And when we were leaving Vermont, my uh, oldest daughter was three. And we, for, for several weeks, we were telling her, you know, we're going to leave Vermont and we're moving to Nevada. And Nevada's not very far from grandma and granddad and grandma and grandpa, and we're going to be moving to Nevada. But you're going to miss your friends, and you'll miss the, the church here, but we're going to have a, a new church and new friends, and it's all going to be wonderful. The night before we moved in her bedtime prayer, she prayed, Dear God, we're going to miss you when we move to Nevada. <laughs> and when we got there, I realized she was right. <laughs> I've been with a congregation in Carson City, uh, Nevada, the capital city. Moved from one state capital to another, two of the smallest state capitals in the country. And... Um, I've been there now this fall, it'll be 45 years. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been an experience. A lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, how many people here believe in such a thing as being called by God into ministry? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. It's good. Let me explain the title of today's, uh, of my thoughts today. I named it God's Spirit versus My Spirit. Man. Lessons learned in 50 years of full-time ministry. At the age of nine, I began public speaking. Uh, nothing in a spiritual sense, but just in a uh, public speaking contest. I was one of the last two kids in our high school youth group to be baptized. You know, back in that day, everyone was baptized at 10, 11, 12. Uh, 12 was called the age of accountability. Uh, I was 14, and... As soon as I was baptized, I realized I need to do something in my life for God. And since I enjoyed public speaking so much, I thought, maybe, yes, I'll be a preacher. Here's the way I want to explain today's title. 
God's spirit versus my spirit. I, what I believed at that time was God's calling was actually my calling. It was my spirit who said, hi, I'm a talented speaker. I need to be a preacher. You know that great passage of scripture in, in Romans 7. I want to spring off of it for a few minutes. I've called this before the monkey wrench in the machinery. Paul talks about has talked about all this theology and all this stuff going on, you know, saved uh, and, and grace and, and justification and sanctification, all these wonderful things. And he says, but I know to do good and I find myself doing what's bad. And it's not, it's, it's not the will of God, but it's the sin within me. That's, that's the whole monkey wrench in the machinery. Sure, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what, but I find myself not doing it, doing something else. And so he continues through, through Romans, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on one hand I myself with my mind and serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh the law of sin. Praise God. Say, thanks be to God. I still have this conflict, but I've been delivered. And of course the next line is actually in the next chapter, but it belongs in this one. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, Thirteen times in Paul's letters, he contrasts in Greek sarks and pneuma, flesh and spirit. And that's what I see as this monkey wrench in the machinery. My flesh, this way. My spirit, this way. Those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. The mindset on the flesh is death. Mindset on the spirit is life and peace. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not belong to him. Galatians 5, I say this, walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Even Jesus says in the, in the garden, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So for years, I thought I was called of God, and when I analyzed it, it was my Spirit that was calling me in the ministry. I have this gift, I'm able to to, to, to publicly speak. So I had this picture of preaching before these mega crowds 
and drawing all these people to Jesus. That's my spirit. God's spirit in 50 years has had me in two congregations going on now on 45 years in one. As the speaker said, I think uh, somewhere that so far this week, uh, what was this morning? Our congregation is, is half as small as it used to be, but 10 times as strong. Praise God. We, we, uh, God has evidently kept us in places where we can relate to people and um, never preached in a mega church, never had a huge audience, but I believe God called me to that. Uh, we have several in ministry here. Um, and uh, I, I think this, th this, this whole illustration is that ministry, as well as life, often depends on what spirit I follow. Mine or God's. Um, For those of you in, in ministry, somebody tell me one positive thing in your years of ministry. Can you tell me one? Not everybody wants, just. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough to answer, I mean, because you just have to channel that. There's so much. It's just positive. Relationships. Okay, sure. I'm, I'm really hoping that this is an interactive thing for us today. <clears throat> Relationships. Real positive thing. Yeah. That's very important. You sure? In my own life, God working, I was just the opposite, Bruce, of you. I was nothing I... I didn't want to do public speaking. That was, that was the most fearful thing in my life. And to see God bring me into ministry, and now uh, I'm at 39 years, but that, to me that's a, that's a miracle of spirit in my own life, because there was nothing, I, I thought if I could pass speech 101, I'd get a college degree. You know? so, that's, <laughs> so that's pretty amazing to me. Oh, good. Good. Any others? Charlotte. I think uh, teaching the children over the years, and now they're grown, and they've got their own kids, and they've got little brothers and sisters, general teenagers, and coming in and saying, Charlotte, remember that time that you told us about this? I need for you to tell that to my little sister. Awesome. You know, it, it, the, that generational effect. Okay, good. It's when you're in, in a place long enough, it's All wonderful. Right. Again, that's relationship <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. Brother. Bruce, you know, your question. I think uh, is a good one, but when when you think of yourself as a minister to another human being, and and uh, you know you're wondering uh, if I say what I think, it's going to sound like 
I'm pretty self-centered. Uh, because when you minister some to other person, another person, and he, he or she responds, it makes you feel pretty good to see that happen. And although I've never been a pulpit minister, I have been an elder before, and you are responsible for working with other people as their needs arise and those that they want to share with you. And uh, I've seen some people really respond to the help that has been given to them. That makes me feel good. All right. And I don't give myself credit for it. Huh? To not be the glory. I, I, I sit here telling you about it, and it sounds like I'm trying to give myself credit for it. But it is the Holy Spirit that does okay. it. Good. Yes? I think, uh, so I love roller coasters, and uh, I think there's sort of beauty in ministry in the sense that uh, <laughs> no other calling really gives you the extreme highs and lows like a roller coaster, like ministry. You can have a revival type evening one day and then have parents thinking that you'd be fired the next. Um, and it's, but uh, instead of letting you know, fear and worry and all those negative emotions totally handicap you, you realize that God has you in the harness of His grace and that He has you covered and protected. And oh, that's good. This, this roller coaster of life is going to be completely fine. That's good. Therefore, let me follow up with that a bit. We've been talking about relationships being a very positive part. But what happens on the downside? When those relationships break, when those kids, Charlotte, that you taught and baptized, grow up and go another way, how, how do you handle those, what do you call them in the roller coaster, those plunges? You know, how, 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 how? somebody help me out. How do we handle those? Well, that's a, that's a crushing blow. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, uh, and... And he's right. We don't do it for self, but the ego gets crushed. But you think everything's going fine, and then something happens, and, and the first thing that came to my mind when this particular incident occurred. How in the world, <laughs> how in the world could you decide to do this, you know? Yeah. And uh, then you go out to talk to them and they won't, you know, and we've been close friends up until that yeah. point and they don't want to hear from you. They're going, they've already decided what they're going to do yeah. and they're going to do it no matter what you say, what God thinks or whatever. <coughs> and, you know, uh, it's just like they stabbed you in the heart. <coughs> For me, that's when I keep going back to be strong, courageous. <coughs> I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. You know? Uh, and I, some people don't understand when I, when I, when I tell them that, that I take a lot of these things personally. Here's, here's somebody that Whose, whose kids basically grew up with, with my kids, and I, I, I helped their family with them. I, I may have been the first person, there's a couple people, I was the first person to see that baby besides the mother. And 
then they 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 leave. And I I take it as a break of my friendship when divorce. I ought to be huh? it's a divorce. It's like going through a divorce. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's not a break of friendship. It's like going through a divorce. Yep. What am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. And I tell you, um, here's one of the struggles, and, and you've, you've probably faced it. Um, over 30 years ago, I was fired from the congregation where I'm still preaching. I think it was, I don't remember if it was two months maybe. And, um, it's only been probably in the last five years that I've been able to forgive those individuals. And that's not right, people. <laughs> but we're human. And that's the monkey wrench in my machinery. In your machinery. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's pretty sad. Yep. Yep. But we've all got things that are sad in all of our lives. I know I prayed for several years. God, I know I'm supposed to forgive these people, but I'm not ready yet. <laughs> so, anyway, there's... I mean, one of the th important things, I think, for us to see in all this is the consistency, the constancy, the faithfulness of God in spite of everything else sometimes falling apart. Um, can somebody put in a couple of sentences? No, I'll tell you. Let me ask this. So those of you in, in, in ministry, can you think of a passage of scripture that has uh, summarized or, or been a strength or a comforting agent to you in ministry. A passage of scripture that has helped you through the years in ministry and maybe kept you going in ministry. By share a passage. Romans 8, 28, um, um, God works for the good of those who love him, those who are yeah. all according to his purpose. Works all things. Mm -hmm. Somebody else. Yes, Janine. This is my sister. My baby sister. Hebrews 10, 35. Do not lose your confidence. It will be rewarded. Oh, okay. That's good. Yes. Like the six eight, uh, yeah. what, do I, what do I require of you to love justice, uh, to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Regardless of what you're doing, it's a simplistic command. People. Good. I tell you a passage that has uh, uh, helped me a lot uh, through the years, and. Um, uh, it's uh, in uh, I, I, has really motivated me. I think in ministry, it's in Second Corinthians three eighteen. Paul is tapping into the Old Testament picture of Moses 
wearing a veil uh, as the glory of the Lord faded. Uh, we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. The more I behold the glory of the Lord, not the politics in the congregation, not the difficulties, not the heartache, the more I behold the glory of the Lord, the more He transforms me through His Spirit into His image. Who doesn't want to be more in the image of God? Wow. Um, somebody else share a passage of scripture that is uh, ministered to you in ministry. Anybody? Uh... Yeah, I just have two that I keep bouncing back to. Good. It's not really the, to energize me to do ministry. It just kind of rebalances me. And that's 2 Corinthians 5, the reconciliation between God and man. And that, that just kind of gives me energy to be like, hey, listen, this is the, this is the message. And Second Thessalonians, uh, stand firm and hold to the teachings passed on to you, either by word or mouth or by letter. And that's kind of it's the thing when I get down in ministry, I, I kind of just forget why I was doing it, um, and then I go back and those those passages reflect onto, oh yeah, I'm standing firm and I need to go and teach these things. Okay, so it's kind of that cycle. Good. That it's not just in the church building; it's outside of that. Okay, good. Uh, another couple of passages that I, I believe have have uh, kept me focused on ministry. Um, in, uh, in in John three, John uh, looked at his cousin Jesus and said, "What?" He must increase, Man. and I must decrease. That's right. Praise God. I have a. I have five granddaughters from six to twenty-one. Twenty-year-old is in a secular university in in Oregon, and. Uh, all, all my granddaughters have dabbled in art. I have one that may be a, a professional someday. But she sent me a picture, a sunset behind the cross, and she'd written the words for me, Lord, may they see you in me. Um, I have on my pulpit and on my desk that part of a, a verse in, in John 12 when those, those Greeks uh, came up to Philip and said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. I, I have that on my pulpit. 
We get to talking about all kinds of stuff. Are they seeing Jesus? Yeah. Um, Jesus said, uh, and, and sure enough, I'm taking this verse out of context, but I'll admit it. See. Uh, in, in John uh, uh, 12, I, if I am lifted up, will draw all men to myself. Who, what are we supposed to lift up? Jesus. Jesus. He's, of course, we're talking about the cross, sure enough. I grew up among wonderful Christians, but mostly we lifted the church up. If I be lifted up, I will draw into me. You know, the principles and the names and the items. And uh, I, I told somebody the other day, um, we, exact, we, we focused on the words of the book and oftentimes not the living word who wrote it. Jesus, if I be lifted up. Amen. Um, you remember one time when Jesus said to those who were opposing him, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. Yes. And you're unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. Amen. I, I think as a people we focus so much on the word at times that we were unwilling to come to Jesus. <laughs> and I, I, I don't want to be saying anything, you know, um, negative here, but it's not what's our focus, it's who's our focus. Um, can somebody tell me uh, one thing that you've learned in ministry. It moves very slow. It moves slow. Yes. Okay. It's not a cookie cutter. Not cookie cookie cutter. Good. Um, I've said before, and I can't believe I said it, but I meant it. <laughs> and that's going to be on on tape. You know, the church would be great if it weren't for the people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not the first to say that. <laughs> and you won't be the last. <laughs> well, a lot of it is, you know, who who we focus on. Okay, tell me. Um, is there one thing, if somebody said, tell me one thing you've learned in ministry. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is God, and he moves as he sees fit. Okay, good. You learned that this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody else. One thing you've learned in ministry. 
things that changed the way I looked at ministry is when I came to understand that one of the one of the most powerful verses in scripture is Jesus wept. Okay. Yeah. I've cried a whole lot more in ministry than I thought I ever would. <laughs> Good. Uh, with people and for people and it's because your heart is in. I just I was with somebody right after lunch. And just start crying, both of us. You know, it's... Yes? I have a scripture. Uh-huh. And it, it ties into my, my thinking. I'm going to listen to all you guys. It's probably been preaching a lot longer than me, okay? Uh, I've been going on six years now. And, uh, and I think about what the Apostle Paul told Timothy to encourage Timothy. And he says, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to deliver me. Amen. Praise God. And so, yes, I understand about my lowercase s spirit making the call to do certain things in my Christian walk, but still, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the understanding of the handwritten information there for us, then we can rely on Him. Yep, that's right. You know, I love that passage in, in 2 Corinthians where Paul goes through this whole litany of things. Uh, we're shipwrecked, we're stoned, uh, hungry, spent a night in the sea. And he says, all this happened <coughs> that we would not trust ourselves, Amen. but in him. So thank you for that. That leads me to think about, I think there's, there's probably been more, but if somewhere were asked to ask me, what's the one thing you've learned in 50 years of ministry? It would be that I have learned that God's timing and my timing are never the same, but that God's is right. Amen. Um, it wasn't my will or my timing to get fired that time. It was not my will or my timing 21 years ago to lose both our parents in five, within five days of each other. It was not my will or my timing to lose families at church because I didn't preach right or use too much humor, or because this sure wasn't like the church back home. It wasn't my will or my timing 
to have a, a, a church member write every family in our church directory informing them that their preacher was willing to take the mark of the beast. <laughs> what? Oh boy. It wasn't my will or, 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 or uh, my timing uh, to have a 70, uh, over 70 year old church member try to convince a female member of the congregation in the same age, age group to marry him so they could have a child promised him by God. Uh, <laughs> um, it wasn't my will or my timing to have my uh, wife go through uh, uh, cancer, uh, surgery, chemotherapy, all the after effects um, two and a half, three years ago. It wasn't my will or my planning to have, uh, to watch contentious, red-faced opinions in Bible class because somebody didn't agree with a teacher. It wasn't my will or my timing to have a daughter go through a traumatic brain injury, hospitalization and recovery or to lose my father-in-law and my brother-in-law within 10 days this last few months. But through every situation like that, and there were a lot more that were even more personal, I began to trust God enough to see me through the next time. Amen. And sometimes they were, they were worse. That's the God we serve. Yeah. A God we can trust. A God who's not going to, to leave us. Um, here's a couple of passages of scripture that I just um, love from a standpoint of um, the philosophy of ministry. All of us probably have a, you know, a philosophy of ministry, but here's, here's ministry as, as I see it. No, this is ministry as Paul sees it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Doesn't that describe ministry? Surely, you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. 
For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. That's it, folks. That's the intended philosophy of ministry. Not this raggling and haggling, but this love, this encouraging, and hopefully this this mutual edification that comes from, you see, growth, development. Uh, Interesting story. I hadn't intended to to tell this, but uh, I will. Um, A few years back, we had, um, I guess, three families in the congregation who put together a whole weekend retreat and then asked for some funding to help after everything was all set up. Well, I have to admit to you that the the hairs on the back of my head stood up. They'd never asked me anything about it. They'd never uh, uh, asked me for input. They never asked, you know, my permission. And I was really upset. I was talking later to one of my best friends in the congregation. And he looked at me and he said, you know how long you've been trying to get our whole congregation to do this and that and the other, and now three people, three families come to you having planned all this good stuff, and you're having an attitude about it? And I said, whoa, (laughs) you're right. It's about not me doing everything or even being consulted on everything. It's about other people having a part in this whole thing uh, that we, you know, that we call ministry. Yeah. Um, anybody care to share a, a weakness, what you perceive as a weakness in your ministry? Or maybe a regret that you've had? Yeah, it's uh, focusing on the wrong people, going into the wrong people. Um, being in youth ministry, it's a little, I don't know, it's just different. You have your, your people that people follow after just naturally. And, you know, so you try to sink, sink some effort to them, you, you teach them to the disciple, let them bring people in. Uh, several years ago, I was just pouring into these seven students that seemingly just didn't seem to care, really. And they kind of just disappeared. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's praying and a lot about, God, well, just tell, tell me what I should be doing. Ten students from the neighborhood just showed up that Wednesday night. 
and pretty much I got the answer of, I'm bringing you people, focus on these people, not those. Praise God. And the others Good. will fall in. And, and he was right. And what the cool thing about that is I poured into them those short terms. They disappeared, but by the time they disappeared, we had a core group, a community of people depending on each other. Good. Uh, and creating that church community. And so the regret was I wasted a lot of effort in the wrong place for a while. It's where I wanted. Yeah, well, that's back to the top. You know, my spirit or God's spirit. Um, one of my weaknesses is that, and and I'm sure somebody else has shared this. Maybe is that um, I'm a doer. I'm not a planner. Um, I'd rather do something, and, and I'm not a delegator. I figure I gotta I gotta do something rather than commission somebody else to do it and then have to do it over again. You know? <laughs> Isn't that sad? Um, I am not. Um, a, uh, a, a planner, a designer, and a planner. I'm a worker. So I laughed. I, uh, I took a, one of my granddaughters out for, for Chinese food a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, she's, we finish, and she's all over the fortune cookie, you know. And, Okay, let me remind to you. Executive ability is prominent in your makeup. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, one of the regrets I have through the years, even going back to what I alluded to before, being fired, was I regret in several instances through the years not ably communicating with other people. You know, you get your feelings hurt, and at that time, if you communicate, it's going to be out of a bad spirit. We got, there, there is so much importance in the art of communication, talking things through, and praying things through. But that's that's one of my regrets through the years uh, that uh, I haven't communicated one on one as personally as I should have in resolving of issues and of of, uh, of, of, of difficulties. Um, what somebody said a while ago, and I forgot what exactly what it was, but it kind of had to do. With, with the question I want to ask, what what are you doing personally in your community? Not necessarily as a church, but what are you doing personally in your community? See? What caused me to think this is 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 
Paul, although we move around a lot, you remember in 1 Corinthians 9, to the Jews I became a Jew that I might win the Jews, to those under the law as under the law, though not myself under the law, that I might win those under the law, to those without law uh, as not, without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. If our ministry is confined to the walls of our church building, that's where it's going to stay. We encourage you every bit of the way. Get involved in the community. And that's shining the light and also allowing the, the Spirit to work in different venues. Um, I am a... Uh, for, for years, I was uh, had worship services in the state prison and uh, then was uh, uh, chaplain of the local uh, county sheriff's office. I'm a hospital chaplain. Um, I, I, the next thing I'm going to say, I don't want someone to, to take it as anathema. But one of the one of the blessings in my life and in my ministry has come in being involved in our local ministerial fellowship. We're the only Church of Christ within, you know, 30 miles. I was always led to believe that if people disagreed with us, they... Uh, were intentionally false teachers or insincere or hypocrites. And the number of local ministers that, that I deal with regularly have blessed my life a great bit. These people focus on Jesus as much as I do. Now, we have some disagreements, but it has, it has been a blessing. And it has, I think, spread the kingdom on a wider basis in our community when, when you know what's going on everywhere else. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. I, I, wherever I've been in ministry, I've always tried to be involved in the community, and uh, uh, at now in Germantown, I'm, I'm uh, on the board of directors for the Germantown Chamber of Commerce, All right. and I uh, have served on the Public Safety Education Committee uh, for the city of, of uh, Germantown, and I'm a chaplain for the American Legion Post, oh. so uh, you miss a lot of opportunities. Uh, for people who would not normally show up yeah. at your yeah. congregation, if you don't take advantage of those, and the, the, those those organizations are looking for people who are willing to work with them. Good. Um, okay, let me let me ask a a, a, 
final thing here. Um, is there something we've talked? I hope we've talked about ups and downs. I hope it hasn't been a focus on the, on the downs. If there is there something through the years that that keeps you going in the ministry? Something that keeps you going. Ministry is a lot like a golf game. You can play nine holes, play seven holes, and you just can't hit a good shot. And the eighth hole, you may hit a good hole. And it feels good, and you're like, you're ready to keep going. And, uh, and student ministry is the same. You see a student actually pick up and catch on to what you've been saying for the last seven years to them. And then they're, they're doing that for someone else. You can have an entire failure, but you see that one student come out. It's, it's enough to keep going. Or you see that student that's now a minister somewhere else uh, doing great things. That's excellent. Somebody else? Is there one thing that's kept you going? Well, for me, it's the blessings that I receive. I don't, I try not to think about the negatives and the hurts and the harmfuls and stuff, although they're there. I know they're valleys. Uh, they're at the bottom of the roller coaster. But I also think that there's more blessings that outweigh the problems. Amen. Good. I'm just going to say that um, just my passion for for helping the needy. And I feel like I'm, I'm not in ministry, but that is my ministry in my field as far as my inner professional. Praise God. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, um, ministry is uh, an outpouring of, I think, what our primary ministry is, and that's to our families, our spouses, our kids, and that, um, you know, if we are uh, ne neglecting our kids and our spouse in order to minister elsewhere, then we've got something wrong in our arithmetic. Uh, so for me, um, when I uh, come home and, you know, my kids are asking questions about me, they because they see Christ in me based off of what I'm doing church-wise. That's just the affirmation. We have a, your daughter who's nine asking, well, can I, I'm looking forward to going on a mission trip to do that. You know, it's that oh, kind of wow. Thing. You know, it's, uh, it's realizing and knowing that my priorities are in order. I'm Thanks for bringing that up. That, that's one of my regrets. Um, I have two daughters. They're, they're faithful, raising Christian families. I regret um, not making regular family devotionals a part of their upbringing. By the time they were older, um, I got stuff like, oh, Dad. Um, and if I had begun earlier and made that a regular part, that would have made it. I think a big difference. Um, one of the things that keeps me going, I think, is the old Jeremiah metaphor. Can somebody remember before I say it? For there's a fire in my bones, and I must proclaim it. Um, 
I'm kind of resentful that almost everybody I know that's my age and even younger is retired. But what would, what would I do with this fire in my bones for Jesus? What keeps me going is Paul's passage in Philippians 3. Whatever were gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And for whose sake I've lost all things, I consider him, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I want to know Christ. I want to know him and have a closer personal relationship with him keeps me going. Praise God. Let me encourage you. Um, finally, to continue to endeavor to enhance your personal relationship with God. I don't know your personal devotional life. It was years and years into ministry when I was doing church work and people work and teaching and preaching for others and to others And I was starving spiritually. <coughs> and I read a passage in the Proverbs said, and the waterer will be watered. And I wasn't being watered. So over the years, I have sculpted out a time that's become very rich in my morning. And it's expanded through the years, and sometimes I'm in the midst of it for an hour and a half. But it's prayer and Bible reading, and there are some publicized devotionals that I, that I go through. And, and every day I pray through a psalm. And my life has become greatly enriched because of that. Let me finish with a passage. Uh, our, our, our brother uh, here in the, in the front brought it up. Uh, Michael brought it up kind of earlier. Uh, this passage is 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 11. You, however, know all about my teaching my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, 
Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, I'm not I'm not a minister, but how do you I don't I've seen this in ministers like that they get so involved in the ministry and the church and they they kind of they sometimes neglect the whole family. That's right, and that's what this brother was talking about. And uh, I did make it a point that I that most evenings I would try to be home when my girls were growing up. Let me. Uh, any other thoughts, comments? Uh, I'd like to close in just in in praying for all of you. You have blessed me tremendously by being here today, and I thank you for that. But I want to. Uh, um, Symbolically, lay my hands on all of you, and uh, and, and and pray for a blessing. Father, I just thank you so much for working in this in this room today, and I thank you for these who are dedicating their lives, Lord, to various forms of ministry. I pray that you be with them guide them and strengthen them. I lift them before you, Lord. Father, the, the, the sun's been trying to shine the last couple of days to warm the earth, but I would pray that the sunshine of your love fill each heart here and reassure us that whatever's going on in our lives you're working together for our good and for your glory. And I pray these things in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. 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 God be with you.